Since we have revival coming up here in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, I want to preach again, and I, I preached this probably in 30, 40 churches in the last two years. But I want to go over a little bit again on the spirit of revival. And it's all found in Psalm 51. Because David got to that place where he needed revival. And let me say this. You'll never experience revival until you get to the place where you know you need revival. And I believe with all my heart that God will give us the desires of our heart if we believe and trust in the Lord. And I believe that He can send revival. Look, if you would, at verse number 1, very familiar passage of the Word of God. John's it on now. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. On everybody in your Bible, if you would, if you write in your Bible, if you don't, now if you don't write in, that's fine. But if you highlight or write in your Bible, I want you to underline the words, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And I'm going to tell you, why don't you write out in the margin in just a moment. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts hearts. I want you to, again, highlight that. Then I have something I want you to write out in the margin of your Bible. If you write and write, you have a place you write in your Bible. I want you to write the words, tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. For you young guys, it's a great message right there. For those of us that the Bible says, behold, I tell you what, since we just been a little bit smiling, having a good time tonight. Somebody with a raised hand, tell me what it means when it says, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Anybody want to sleep your hand up? Tell me what that means tonight. Give it a shot. Behold, thou desirest truth. What does it mean to you? Real quick. Somebody raise your hand if you think you might know. Wendy, what does that mean? You don't know? Who is thou? God. Brother Robert, you said what? Be true to yourself. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part. Anybody else want to give a little shot? And those are right, by the way. But anybody else think about what that verse could mean to you? Yes, sir, Brother Justin. Having a pure heart before God? Certainly. Certainly. Anybody else tonight? Yes, ma'am, Ms. Chesney? Right. Why should we be honest with God? Right. If he knows anyway, why is it important that we even worry about that verse? Think out loud with me a minute. Why is it so important we, we like that verse? What? 
Let me tell you what I think is the biggest thing. Thank you, Ms. Susan. What's the biggest thing? We never realize or we don't understand that God already knows everything. God knows your thoughts. God knows your, we call it your uprising, your downsetting. God knows everything. But here's the thing that you've got to remember tonight. You've got to remember that before you can get help, you have to realize where you are. A man that doesn't see himself as in need, or a woman, is never going to want the truth. Or is never going to see they have a need. You know, the Bible talks about, go have a seat. The Bible talks about that you can look in a mirror and then basically, and I paraphrase, you can forget what you saw. When you look in a mirror, you look in that mirror, you see an image, but you can forget what is in that image, what you saw. That means if you saw your hair out of place, or maybe you got your makeup wrong ladies, or, or maybe, fellas, you had some grease on your face, some work, whatever it might be, and you look in the mirror and you see that, but you walk away and you don't do anything about it. You forget what manner of man you were. You forget about what you were. What revival is, is revival is realizing where you are. Revival is realizing not only where you are, but what needs to be different. I had several calls this week. I've had several counseling sessions through the week, but several calls this week from people that said, Pastor, God really helped me in those few weeks about Asa. Said, God really did something in my heart. God showed me that I got to get rid of something. One fellow told me, said, Preacher, God showed me that what I had to get rid of was me. In other words, what he meant, he didn't mean go jump off a cliff. What he meant was, is he was in the way of seeing God do anything in his life. He said, if I get rid of me, if I get me out of the way, can I tell you this? We're not going to have revival. We're not going to see God do anything. Uh, you know, it's amazing how huge of a selfie generation we live in. We got selfie sticks. We take selfie pictures. You know what I'm talking about. Right? We've done that the other week. And it's amazing to me of how we see ourselves. You know, I don't think some people really see it. I think if people really saw what they look like on Facebook, would you agree they probably wouldn't put the picture on there? There's some people think they're beautiful. And you want to tell them like, you know what? Close-ups are not doing you well. Right? I mean, I'll be honest with you, I... I'm amazed by the way that people today are very self-centered. And so in order to have revival, you've got to get past self. You've got to see yourself, tell yourself the truth. You put that in your outline, out in your Bible. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Other words, spiritually speaking, look at your life. And tell yourself the truth. Now I'm to ask you a question. If you were speaking to you tonight. And you were looking at your life tonight. What would you tell yourself about your spiritual condition? 
What would you tell yourself tonight about yourself spiritually? If you were looking at your life tonight, this is what I am. This is how I live. This is my life. Okay, can I say this to you tonight? David in Psalm 51 got to the place. Do you remember the preacher that came to David and, and remember how he was all tore up because somebody took this man's ewe lamb and you remember that and how somebody come and took that lamb and remember Nathan the prophet come up and said, you're the man. David never saw that until Nathan preached to him and told him. David never saw himself as having a need. David never saw himself in any kind of trouble, had any kind of problem whatsoever until the preacher said, David, you got a problem. Now, I don't know in Psalm 51 whether or not this psalm has to do with David numbering Israel or has to do with David when he I see him with Bathsheba. Either way, it is a time in David's life when David is so distant from God that he's not good for anything and he can't help anybody. And so, several years ago, God gave me a message on the spirit of revival. And some of you may have it in your outline. I hope you do. I hope you have these wrote down and remember this. And, and I, I preach it in so many churches because I don't think you can ever have revival until you get to the place of having the spirit of revival. And it's all found here in the Word of God. Look if you would. Let's just look at a few things. If you've got it wrote down, remember it, then great. Go back over this before the meeting. But I want you to look, if you would, at verse number 10. The Bible says, Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's the spirit of revival. A right spirit. Can I say this to you tonight? If you're going to have revival in your life, you have to have the right spirit. You've got to have the right spirit. You cannot walk in church with a chip on your shoulder. You cannot walk in church with an attitude. You cannot walk in church where I'm better than somebody else or boy, I hope they get some help. But you've got to have a right spirit in your life. Now, some people think a right spirit is just what I just said. But a right spirit also is a right spirit toward others. How can you have revival in your life when you don't even have a right spirit with other people? Amen? I, no wonder the church has struggled having revival. People always been out of shape at each other, sideways at each other. Uh, family members sideways. How in the world are you going to ever have revival when you don't have a right spirit toward other people? Don't get real quiet, but listen to me. A right spirit toward people. You ought to have a right spirit toward problems in your life. When those problems come along, you ought to have a right spirit toward those problems. And you ought to say, you know what? Uh, God's been good to me. God's blessed me. And, and it ain't no sense in me getting bent out of shape and quitting on God, quitting on my family, quitting on everything else. Maybe what I need to do is to see that I got a problem and the only one who can solve that problem is God. And I ought to have a right spirit about my problems. 
Amen? Or to have a right spirit about your problems in your life. God doesn't hate you just because everything doesn't go your way. Somebody say amen right there. I don't believe God hates us. I do believe that we ought to have a right spirit. You never know, as I said before, this storm may not be for you, I preach. You never know when God may be doing something different in your life. We need a right spirit. Second of all, verse number 11, same chapter. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thine, look at this next, Holy Spirit from me. Not only we ought to have a right spirit, but we ain't going to get nothing accomplished if we don't have the Holy Spirit. The thing you and I got to be careful about doing is we ought to not resist Him, we ought to not quench Him, and we ought to not grieve Him. Right? Got to have a right spirit, but I'm telling you, we're useless without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God's got to work in the church. Got to. Got to work in our lives. You know those times when you feel guilty, when you've done something wrong, and it weighs on you as a, as a child of God? T- take those times and be thankful that God's even doing that. Because I'm going to tell you something. When that Holy Spirit's working on the inside, it's one of the greatest evidences that you're saved. One of the greatest evidences of salvation is the chastening of the Lord. Listen, before I was saved, I'd do anything I want to. God didn't chase me over it. I was lost. I was, according to the Bible, of my father, the devil. And he didn't chase me over it. You gotta have a, gotta have the Holy Spirit. Look back in the verse, verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. All right, since we're having a little talking out loud, Somebody slide your hand up and tell me what you think it means by free spirit. Anybody want to give it a shot? Yes, ma'am? Will and spirit? Anybody else want to give it a shot? What's he talking about? Creating a free spirit. Anybody want to give it a shot? Sleep your hand up. Give me, give me an idea what you think. This is your time to be the priest. Brother John? Not bound? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I agree with that. Anybody else talking about a free spirit? Want to give it a shot? Yes, sir. Brother Turner? Doesn't cost anything, absolutely. A free spirit. Anybody else want to give it a shot? Miss uh, Robin? Absolutely. And I could have said it better. If your heart is right with God, you have that freedom in your life to be able to worship and enjoy church. Why are some people so bound up at the house of God? I mean, Lord, some people are so tight in God's house and the reason they are, oh, they're not tight when they're in the foyer or in the, or in the driveway or even talking among the friends. But boy, when church starts, they just tighten up. Why is that? There's no free spirit. You ever been in a place a church where there's no free spirit? You ever been somewhere like that? You ever been in places so dead that Jack Frost, the pastor? You ever been in so dead? I mean, you, no free spirit? You folks at Calvary, that's why you ought to appreciate. Amen. When, when God's around, buddy, you ought to appreciate that free spirit. I preached in some places before. If I wish somebody just coughed. Maybe somebody, I mean, listen, I, I'm telling you, I preached in a place where you would not believe it. I'm talking about so dead and dry that literally on Monday night, I was, I was dreading the next several nights. 
No spirit. I don't care what kind of messages you preach. I asked Brother Joe Arthur one time. You know, Brother Joe preached all over America, biggest platforms in America. And I asked Brother Joe, I said, Brother Joe, do you ever get in places where you just can't accomplish anything? He just laughed. He said, yeah, quite often. He's one of the best camp meeting preachers in America. One of my heroes. He said, sometimes I get in a place where there's just no liberty. I preached in places and churches had splits, no touch. I've been in places where people fight with a pastor all the time, no touch. I've been in places where people can't get along and there's no free spirit. And like Miss Robin said, when you get things right with God and you get to that place where it's right, you'll just be, you can come to church and enjoy church. Amen. 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 You can have a free spirit. Let me hurry up real quickly tonight. Look back down again here in the Word of God and I'll say this. Look, if you would, at verse number 17. The sacrifices of God are a what? Broken spirit. Amen. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. What's a broken spirit? Anybody want to give that a shot? What's a broken spirit? See yourself as God sees you? A good statement. I, I'd agree with that, sure. What's a broken spirit? Still looking for a word. I like the humble part. Torn? Torn about what, Brother Todd? We'll give that a shot. With who? Now we're going somewhere. A broken and contrite heart. You ever had a broken heart over something? Has anybody ever had your heart broke? You know? I'm talking about when I say a heart broke, I'm not talking about your ball team lost, you know, or whatever. I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally your heart was so broke you couldn't hardly sleep. It weighed on you. I'm trying to think of something. Maybe, maybe a parent can understand this. Maybe a child broke your heart, went wayward or something happened. Or, uh, or maybe in your life somebody hurt you you never thought. And you just, it was hard to get up. I mean, you, you just couldn't get away from it. God says that's the kind of spirit we ought to have if we realize we're not where we, ought to, we're not where we should be with Him. Amen. It ought to break us. Amen. Can I say it like this tonight? It ought to break our heart to fail God. Amen. Amen. Do you know what David says? David, David knew this. He said, Lord, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against you. You've got to understand, when we sin, we, we sin against God. And if it don't break our heart, we can never have revival. Amen. Can I tell you something? And this has happened. I've, I've been doing 31 years. Most of 31 years, I've been some type of evangelism to preaching meetings. I'll tell you one thing that's probably missing. Anybody, anybody want to help me with this? What do you think I see one thing missing today in churches that I didn't see 20 years ago? Does anybody want to give it a shot? What would you think? I'm going out preaching a meeting. What do you think I see that's missing, besides people, obviously? What do you think I see that's missing today that I didn't see 20 years ago? Who said tears? Second, what it is. Tears. There's no brokenness anymore. Amen. When's the last time you were in a church service and God broke you? I have people all the time call me weeping over relationships, and, 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 and they should. I mean, we want our relationships to be right. Weeping over their children. 
weeping over a physical ailment that the doctors told them about. When's the last time tears ran down our face because we let God down? You see, we can't have revival if we walk in here and, and pardon my word, cocky. We walk in, throw our shoulders back and say, God bless me if you can. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. Just like from, from the pulpit over there, Brother Crabtree and myself, to the pew. You, you can't walk in here like you're the best thing God's ever got. And God's blessed to have you. Because I got news for you. God was doing good before we got here. Right? But I'm going to tell you, God can use brokenness. I've had people come to me before and say to me, Pastor, I'm at the place in my life where I've never been so broken. And they look at me thinking, I say, well, I'm so sorry. You know what I say? Good. I see people now, they'll come to me for canceling. And they'll come to me and they'll say, Pastor, they'll say, uh, this, this is going on in my life. And, and it's, it's something wrong they're doing. And they'll say, Pastor, I need some help to get over that. I know when they leave my office, ain't nothing different. You know why I know? Yeah, they didn't leave broken. They come tell me about it, probably made them feel better. But they're going right back out and be the same way because they weren't broken over it. Amen. You ever went to God broken over something? Boy, when God just broke you down and God just ripped your heart out and said, boy, you sure aren't serving me like you ought to. You know what David said? David said he couldn't even win sinners to God like that. David said, I can't even teach transgressors. I can't do anything, God. You know what David said? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know why I think so many people don't have any joy in their life as a child of God? It's all in Psalm 51. I believe with all my heart, they don't have the right spirit. Yeah, listen, you ought to be around people, Christians. No wonder. No wonder people don't see things. God, I'm amazed. What kind of spirit do we have in our lives? What kind of spirit do we have in our homes? What kind of spirit do we have in our relationships, in our families? Where's, where's the right spirit at? Instead of it always being about us. Maybe sometimes it ought to be about the Lord. Y'all been paying attention? Brother Brandon, stand up. Give me one of those spirits I just talked about about looking at that paper that we ought to have. Holy Spirit, thank you, sir. Someone else stand up and tell me another one. Got to stand up and say it. Who stood up? Brother Jerry? Free spirit. free spirit, absolutely. Holy Spirit and free spirit, that's two of them. What's another one? Don't be looking at that Bible. What's that, Miss Susan? Broken spirit, absolutely. Right spirit. Can I tell you this? If you get that way in your life before August 10th or even now, you can see God do something. Amen. Amen? Let's stand our feet tonight. I've enjoyed this. I don't do this kind of preaching much, but I've enjoyed talking to you a little bit and letting you get a chance to be a part of service tonight. I'll come in and... Uh,
maybe next week with some Pink Floyd tickets and that way. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. I don't even want to know what to say. <laughs> Let me mention to you tonight, and I ain't giving you letters, never mind. Let me mention to you tonight, there's no doubt that our nation's in trouble, homes are in trouble, schools, but if we have the right spirit in us, maybe we can make a difference. Maybe we can make a difference. Maybe if we just get broken about something. Teenagers, thank y'all for praying. You'll really know when you got in the Holy Holies praying when it breaks you. I'm going to be honest. When you're praying in a prayer meeting and it breaks you, breaks you, you'll know you don't got in. I'm telling you. Because a whole lot of praying we do God, I wish you'd do this, fix that, do that. But when you get in that Holy of Holies, Miss Lacey, we've been through the marriage cancer. You're going to be getting married a week from this Saturday, right? I want to say something to you. You ought to get broken over the fact of being a godly wife and, a, and loving Jesus and serving God. Because I'm going to tell you what, so goes home, so goes the church. If homes get destroyed at Calvary Baptist Church, it, it, it destroys the ministry. That's why when you get married and get involved, get, oh, listen, you better make sure you're marrying the right person. And if you are, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, people just need some joy. You know, I think some people try to live miserable. Have you ever thought about that? Miss Wendy and I were talking about that right down the road the other day. And it's not reference to any of y'all that may be going through something that I'm trying to help with. So don't think I'm, I'm being mean to you. I, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about in the total deal. I'm amazed how many people don't have any joy. I mean, what, what, what's it like away from church? Do you not enjoy life? Are you that miserable? Is life that bad? Or do you find some joy somewhere? Maybe you can even find some joy unspeakable and full of glory. Maybe you can be Psalm 16, your joy can be full. Amen. That's right. Well, I appreciate you being here tonight. I've enjoyed the service. Brother Wim, thank you, Miss Catherine. and uh, I appreciate the singing, Brother Dermont, and um, Brother Jerry. Um, I'm getting it. It's just, it comes slow sometimes. But uh, thank you, thank you guys for singing choir. Good job, Brother Heath. Thank you, Phil and Brother James Knight. And I uh, appreciate you participating in the service. Now do me a favor. Go home and remember that verse and what you wrote outside of it. Remember it. Tell yourself the truth. Thou desirest truth in the inward part. Go home tonight. Instead of looking at anybody else, look inside of you and say, Lord, if I told myself the truth, where am I with you? Where am I with you? Not, not where somebody else is. Well, I'll tell you right now, preacher, I'll live good as they do. You might. There are days you probably live better than I do. But you know what? That don't hold up. That don't hold anything with God. What he wants to know is how you live. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord.
uh, God, for the good service, good spirit, good liberty, good freedom. Lord, I thank you, Father, tonight for these who come out. God, it's been so hot. It's nice to be in a comfortable building tonight. Thank you for those who got this doing better for us. And Lord, I thank you, Father, tonight for David's life. God, David, according to your word, was a man after God's own heart. I believe with all my heart that David wanted God to serve you more than anything else. And Lord, David got to that place where he just didn't have that brokenness, didn't have a right spirit. And God, you got him back to that place. Lord, may we all walk in this building Sunday morning. And God, may we all just have a joy about us that we're born again on our way to heaven. You've been good to us. God, may we look around and see our blessings before we go to church and then walk in realizing we are a blessed people. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you tonight for this church and these people. Bless our ones that are sick at home, those who've been through surgeries, our missionaries. And God, we'll look forward to being back together again Sunday. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.